The Sinner's Lament, edited and translated by Sister Stray. We have fallen far, by choice or by birth, but know this. Out past the furthest star you can see is a world of green and blue that rests in her hands. She has promised it to me and to you, but it is not freely given. Not to those of us who wallow in our own hateful fear. We have fallen into many sins. We must reach out. Take to the stars with blessed steel built by our own hands and find what is promised to us. We who were born into this wretched prison of locked gates, but we can see the stars still and know the key to freedom, to promise, to absolution is one we must make or seize for ourselves. Fear not, for the eleventh saint blesses the rebellion against our own sin. Welcome to Diceology, an actual play podcast dedicated to telling you stories in an anthology format. We're here for the role-playing and the rolling. I'm your host tonight, Dane, and with me today is... Uh, let's start with Natalie. Okay. Hi, I'm Natalie. I usually play Lady Blackbird, but not tonight. Just to be clear. <laughs> and also with me tonight... Uh, is Will. That's right. You probably recognize my voice. Um, I've been on a couple one-shot games, and uh, you may also know me from The Fixers as Matthias. But I'm not Matthias tonight either. I'm not my main character. We're going to be uh, doing something a little fun. Yeah, and I do not have to GM, which has meant less prep, which is always good for my brain. Uh, but I'm really excited because uh, I've never gotten to play with both Natalie and Will at the same time. And thanks to uh, coronavirus, we are all <laughs> separate. So sorry for any changes in audio quality or just the way the audio is. But the positive is... Now Will can record at a distance with us. Yes, and I'm, I'm coming to you from an undisclosed location. It's, it's, it's a closet. It's, it's a closet. <laughs> it is my closet. It is my closet, yes. <laughs> Thank you. No, it's disclosed. <laughs> you better run. where the closet was. <laughs> no, no. The CDC will find you, Will. Um, yeah, no, they'll <laughs> But tonight we are going to be playing Ben Robbins' Follow. Uh, which is a game about going on a quest with a fellowship. Uh, for any really long-time listeners to us, if you listened to Stories for Spring on the Level 1 podcast, we played this game before. But if you haven't heard that, don't worry. The game's really simple. You'll catch on very quick. We're going to take you right through it and then uh, get right into the story, which is kind of the best part. So let's go over the game and the characters when we when we get there. So... Follow is a game about working together to achieve a common goal. 
slay the dragon, cure a disease, overthrow a tyrant, get your candidate elected. Will we pick a quest together to decide what kind of game we want to play? Can we stay united and succeed, or will our differences tear us apart? We'll play to find out. Follow isn't about coming up with the best plan or a clever solution, it's about seeing what these characters do for better or worse. We may even intentionally make bad choices because they seem like decisions our characters would make. But even if we do everything perfectly, our quest may fail. As players, we push for the outcome we want to see, but we cannot guarantee it. Our story may surprise us, and that's part of the fun. First up, we pick our quest. Uh, we kind of already did that, but there's a couple steps to it. Uh, is everybody happy with uh, the rebellion? Yeah, no, that sounds yeah. good to me. I think yep. it's I think it's the most accurate for what we're going for. Agreed. Um, so I'm going to call it rebellion on the Kalon wastes, or in the Kalon wastes. Which which is better? This is probably going to become the episode title, so. Mm, I feel like one is usually on wastes rather than in wastes. I like on wastes. Okay. All right. So next we need to pick what makes our quest difficult. So we get to pick two from the list or make up our own. Uh, The suggestions from the rebellion sheet are collaborators and informers are everywhere. Military patrols are everywhere. The occupiers are more advanced than us. Many people welcome the new regime. The people are hopeless and have no will to resist. Our people were not united even before the oppressors came. Um, and on top of it, I'll just go over some stuff about the Kalon Wastes as they are right now. Uh, it's a new empire prison colony uh, with facilities for mining um, on three major asteroids. Each one has kind of a biodome, not a biodome, but a bio uh, biofield and a force field around it. Are they terraforming the asteroids? Is that the whole thing? Very, yeah, very slowly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're digging them for resources. Uh, currently, though, it is filled with the New Empire's uh, political dissidents, prisoners of war, any undesirables, anything like that. It is the equivalent of Space Australia um, if the New Empire is the British Empire. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Mixed with the Gulag, I, I guess. Um with a nice little dose of gulag in there. Yeah, just for flavor. Just for flavor. <laughs> and currently, uh, the corporate alliance has just dropped off. Will, why don't what what do you what did they do- drop off? You you tell me. Uh, for longtime listeners of the pod, uh, you may remember uh, an earlier one shot uh, with the Galacticola Gladiators, which were a corporate sponsored mercenary fleet. And uh, that whole game was centered around basically a, a sort of um, Berlin air, airlift style dropping of propaganda and weapons to the Kalan Wastes as a sort of way for the corporate alliance to wage a, a culture war as well as a real war against the new empire. So um, go listen to that episode if you haven't. It's a good one, I think. Oh, yeah. Those are some of my favorites. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they they have the uh, prisoners have supplies, weapons, things that they did not have just a few days before. Uh, but on top of that, the jump gate has been knocked out of commission because a certain peach perfection ran into it on the escape. <laughs> so yes, and the the colony is guarded by the HMS Reach of Grace which is a dreadnought under the control of Lord Rowan, 
However, the fleet's uh, the fleet of, of starfighters that accompany the Dreadnought has been decimated down to six, roughly six ships from about 20. And so there is an opportunity for a rebellion. No help is coming to this, the, to the Empire's uh, guards and uh, military. The prisoners finally have supplies and an um, opportunity in which to, to strike. So what makes this difficult? What are two things that make this really difficult? Um, I have a question. Mm. So with uh, the types of people who are imprisoned on the Callan Wastes, mm-hmm. emphasis on the on, not the in, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> with the types of people who are imprisoned, are they all from the same uniform uh, faction? Do they all believe in the same thing? Or is it a bunch of different political prisoners, regular prisoners, like all thrown together? And some of them are revolutionaries and some of them are rebels from other places. Or is it the same kind of prisoner? I think it's a bunch of everything. Like, okay. I like I bet you... Um, like, I, de- I bet there's definitely corporate alliance prisoners of war. There's definitely faith prisoners of war. I bet you that there are people who were really re- just general criminals of the new empire. I bet you if Juniper, Lady Blackbird, was a lower-ranking noble, she would have been shipped off there. Sort of a, like a, a traitor, quote-unquote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, so then, I, oh, oh sorry, no, you go, Natalie. Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, yeah, because I was thinking about that, too. And so number six there would make sense. Like, our people were not united even before the oppressors came. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I that's what, that yeah, I was sort of thinking that as well. Um, and then I was probably going to say maybe two or three would work. I mean, if the HMS Hand of Grace is already orbiting in space, they're probably keeping an eye on what's going on. Yeah. Um, or at the very least, you know, they have air power, they have air support, like they would be more technologically advanced. And they probably think of themselves as more culturally advanced as well. I would think that mm. one makes the most sense to me. Because the yeah. the HMS Hand of Grace in particular, when I built it to face off against the Galacticola Gladiators, it was designed to have way more... Um, it has cannons, not a ton of starfighters. So I imagine it could definitely just bombard the... Uh, that would be a really dark way for that to go, but they could probably just bombard the asteroids if they really wanted to. Uh-huh. But I mean, they, they probably don't want to do that. I'm sure the Callan Wastes have some sort of resource advantage. Yeah, and like, think about the PR mess. Yeah. Such bad PR. How do you explain that every prisoner, for the most part in the Empire, has been murdered by who's supposed to be the guards? Right, yes. <laughs> exactly. We don't want that. No. <laughs> okay. So, following that, we need... I think that is... Everything we need to... What makes our quest difficult? Okay, and now we need to design the fellowship. Um, so, Will, who are you going to be playing tonight? So, tonight I will be playing Tyson Sherbrush. And what makes Tyson unique is he is actually the son of prisoners. He never fought in a revolution or tried to incite a rebellion on his homeworld. His homeworld is the Callan Wastes. And he's now a young man... Um, and he basically is sort of a reluctant rebel. The rebellion that's going on right now in Callan, he sees as his way to um, break free and, and know something better than what he's ever known. Because all he's ever known has been working in a penal colony in a prison. 
Um, and so that's that's sort of his goal is to try and make progress selfishly for himself and then also the people around him. Cool. And who else will you be playing? Oh, yes. Because we uh, each have two tonight. Yeah, my secondary character uh, is named Serene, uh, and she is an apprentice. So she's a young revolutionary um, and has sort of recently realized that she is blooded and has these abilities. And so she works with Horfrost, a character that I'm sure will be introduced to very shortly, um, as sort of a mentor to help her understand these powers. Because when you're a prisoner in the New Empire, they don't really want to train you to become a powerful, uh, blooded you know, wielder. Cool, cool. And Natalie, who are you going to be playing tonight? Um, I'm going to be playing Kezra. Uh, she's a high-ranking member of the faith. Um, she's a true believer. She's dedicated her life to it. Um, and she's a prisoner of war. And her main objective here is to protect her people of the faith and escape <laughs> so she can continue to do so. Um, and those are really where her priorities lie. But I think she has learned a thing or two since uh, living with a bunch of prisoners about other cultures. So there's that. Well, and who's your who's your minor character tonight? Um, so my minor character is his name is Hatcher, and he is the father of Tyson. Um, and he does not love that Tyson is getting involved in this rebellion. Uh, I, he's been a prisoner for a very long time and he's kind of huh, reformed himself to some extent. Um, he's an academic now. He's dedicated his life to education. He's kind of, he's not so, he's not quite as a uh, hot headed as his son. And so he's, he's much more passive about this, this whole thing. Um, so, and I will be playing Horfrost. He is... Uh, an old regime official. He used to work on dreadnoughts and uh, in the New em New Empire military. Uh, he's a Frostblood and uh, eventually he kind of got cold feet about what the Empire was doing and betrayed them, tried to uh, undermine them and unlike other blooded betrayers we know, was not so good at it and or uh, lucky enough to be noble to get away you know, for it. it um, not, not everyone can just wake up and, you know, be a blooded traitor to the new empire. You no, not everyone. born with a certain, certain skill. <laughs> um, so he was captured, and but he, he had enough uh, pull in the military to not just be outright executed and was sent off the penal colony. He wants forgiveness, uh, particularly from Tyson, uh, as someone who per, uh, perpetrated oppression on onto him, and I will also be playing Acorn. Um, <laughs> Acorn is a guard from the New Empire who is kind of secretly devout to the faith. The faith isn't practiced in the New Empire, and Kezra he really looks up to and smuggles stuff for her. Who knows where his real real loyalties lie? But he is a good sweet boy. Um, <laughs> 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 but now the game goes into scenes each scene is designed to center around the challenge and our challenge is to prevent a schism on what to do with these supplies that the corporate alliance dropped for us would you guys like me to go first yeah go for it yeah sure okay so i think 
I think we get the, the opening shot on the Kalon wastes themselves. Maybe from the perspective of the, the jump gate, which is probably fritzing just a little bit. From the perspective of the fritzing jump gate, I think the Kalon wastes are like oddly beautiful because like there's so much particles in the air that it's always kind of sparkling. Uh, but as we zoom in past the HMS Reach of Grace, which is this garish white dreadnought with rose gold filigree all over it, we push through the the outer shields and biofield of the largest uh, the largest asteroid down into this ramshackle city, uh, which some parts of it look really well built, like in a very industrial way, where the new emperor dropped very brutalist boxes down was like you have a house be be grateful versus the things that people have scrapped together over the last 30 or 40 years and i think that we get to this like town center which is do you think it's a bustling sort of place like it's full of life like do you think people here like try and make a lot of color uh where they can to kind of go against the end because there's no sky right so it's just endless night forever and gray rock and no plants. Do you think people are just like, they just put up, they put up like house plants and like cloth everywhere or do they not have that, those resources? I imagine that um, these people, I mean, they come from all places. They're from all different worlds with different cultures. A lot of them are academics. A lot of them are smart, bright people. So I, I think it stands to reason that, like, you do have people who try and tend little gardens. There's, like, lights strung up in parts of the city. Mm -hmm. So, like, for, for the most part, I think they try in the residential areas. There's more, like, color and stuff, like, put, put into the, the settlement. Yeah. I bet the corporate alliance people are really good at this, too. Because um, where they're from is very dark and bleak. So they know how to light things up to make them a little bit nicer. But in the center of town, I think there is, there's argument happening. And like, I bet there's like some sort of like central structure, a statue of the emperor maybe, uh, that's, that's standing where people, like people have collected all of these large pods uh, that inside them contain firearms and munitions and uh, comic books and candy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. <laughs> and I think noticeably, due to, you know, the jump gate, due to the fight in the air, and I mean, they witnessed all this. I mean, they witnessed mm -hmm. the corporate alliance fighters flying in. And I think because of the losses sustained, the, the new empire is sort of cautious. Like, they didn't immediately send troops in to try and, like, go in guns blazing. They don't know right. where all the crates are. So it's like, there's an eerie sort of calm before the storm. Right, I bet even the guards on the plant on the, the the asteroids have been called back to the dreadnought out of fear of them getting like picked off. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's just prisoners and native people in the streets arguing about these like these pile these piles of of munitions and stuff. I think Horfrost and his apprentice are standing kind of with kind of vaguely with like the the new empire prisoners and some of the corporate alliance people like corporate alliance people and horfrost is probably 40 or 50 at this point and he's got like really curly hair have it do either of you watch the game grumps 
No. The what? Oh shoot! Uh, the Game yeah, Grumps. What? It's a it's a YouTube uh, let's play show. One of the hosts, his name's Dan Avadan. Uh, he's also lead singer of a band called Ninja Sex Party. He has this like create this crazy long curly brown hair um, that I am super picturing. That it's that this character is just kind of him, but like ten to fifteen years older. Um, so go look that up. Uh, I guess. <laughs> okay, nice. Okay. Um, and he's got it all tied back, but he's also wearing like Jedi robes and has a staff because he's magic. <laughs> oh, sick! Yeah. Um, it's a good look. So he, it's a, it's a good look. So he's so he's <laughs> there, uh, listening to people argue about this, and I think we can we see both Kezra and Tyson over with their kind of rese- respective groups, like, and people are starting to get really heated. And I think Horfrost steps forward. He's like, "Listen, listen, now, now." Look, we, we don't have to we don't have to do anything with these. We didn't ask for them, but they're here now, and either we use them together, or we kill each other first, and then they, and points up at the ship hovering off in the distance, right? Are gonna come down and kill us the whoever's left. Or we don't use them and hope they're merciful. So what are we gonna do? I think, like, a rock flies by. Like, it, it wasn't intended to hit Horfrost at all, but it's just, like, <laughs> to clatter near him. And, like, from where from where Tyson is, like, a group of, like, young people yell, like, shut up, old man. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why, why should we listen to some New Empire lackey, you know? You know what? Do us a favor, step away from the boxes, and, and we'll show you what the, what the new generation's supposed to do. I think, like, at that point, Kezra steps forward and joins Horfrost, and she's like, no, he's right. If we're gonna get through this, we have to be united. We can't... Our differences are gonna kill us if we let them. Um... Thank, another thank, rock gets thrown. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Kezra. Uh, oh. <laughs> Horfrost looks a little confused. Uh, Kezra and him have had differences in the past. <laughs> yes, they have. Horfrost gestures out to these to these kids, and, and he's like, well, if my fellow dissidents in the corporate alliance would have me, and I think that they kind of, like, vaguely nod their assent, and if mm-hmm. those from the faith would allow Kezra to speak for them, young ones, why don't... What, send someone forward, and we'll, we'll, the three of us will sit down and we'll discuss what's best for our, our, our respective people. I think it's like, uh, it's quiet for a moment. Because <laughs> they're punks who weren't expecting to be uh-huh. called out. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, and then I think one guy like lifts his hand to throw another rock, <laughs> like pulls his <laughs> hand back. And then uh, Tyson reaches and grabs that guy's hand. And he's like, no, it, it's okay. You know, they want to talk, we'll talk, all right? But we're not talking for long, because it's a lot of talk that got all of you guys in this place in the first place. Okay? I can, I can agree to that. And then I think I think Tyson is a pretty popular guy among his friends. And so I think they're all like, yeah, yeah, Tyson, you go, you do it. And so they sort of push him out, and he walks up. Right then. Um, uh, he. I don't think Horfrost... It's been a long time since Horfrost has been in charge of anything. Um... Serene, Hatcher, why don't you two watch the the supplies while we go speak? 
Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's my scene. Just kind of nice and short and get us get us going. Mm -hmm. And I think it establishes that there's three distinct sort of groups. There's the Mm -hmm. faith and then there's the corporate alliance. Well, there's four, really. There's the faith, the corporate alliance, um, people from the new empire. And then there is like the generation of people who have been raised on the colony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that like establishes a leadership team and shows that we are working together. So, yeah. All right. So I'll pass the scene on to one of you. So does that mean we select, we move on from this scene or we select a new challenge? Um, we move on to the, from this scene, and but it you guys will frame your scenes around this challenge. So it'll be three scenes, one from each of us about the challenge, and then we see how the challenge goes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. I can go next. Okay. So um so i think the the next scene um i think is going to be kind of a shot of what this first leadership team really looks like because i think that's going to (laughs) be a very important part of um preventing or yeah preventing a schism in the rebellion is establishing strong leadership i think that kezra probably invited these guys um like essentially to her home slash place of worship um Mm -hmm. And I think, <laughs> I think like we've all kind of sat down and um, maybe I'm providing tea, some some food, trying to like make everyone as comfortable as possible, especially Horfrost, because I'm I'm really trying to to make things right with him. And so I think Kezra's just like, thank you all for coming. Um, I. I am excited about working with you all. And she kind of like gives a side eye to Tyson. <laughs> Cause she's, she's probably like a little bit like that mom in the neighborhood who like kind of thinks he's a no good troublemaker, but she's yeah, really trying yeah. to, she's like really trying to be accepting of everyone here. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I think he is kind of like a little arrogant, a little prideful. Like he doesn't touch the tea or the food. He's just sort of like, just sort of giving everyone like a, a a mean eye as they like as he looks around the table. <laughs> um. So, would anyone like to start us off? Um. Anyone have any any ideas of what we're going to do with uh, what we were given? Um. I have a question out of character. What does Kezra look like? Oh yeah. So Kezra, she she's also she's a middle aged woman. She's got long black wavy hair. And she's really like pretty tall and skinny, um, and she she's wearing like very modest, simple clothing, probably just like a kind of a simpler like like kind of a beige blouse with some um, just like a very simple pair of pants. Um, and so really, she really does not stand out. Like she's got she's got a lot of power like in the faith, but um, around here she doesn't she doesn't really stand out. But she's definitely a natural leader. Wait, what does Tyson look like? Um, So, yeah, I think... Oh, hold on. I just shook the mic. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Tyson stands to speak. And he is sort of like um, average average build, um, sort of average looking guy. He's got a short sort of crew cut haircut he's wearing um like a gray long sleeve shirt and sort of blue overalls that are like the uniform for most like manual laborers like who just do like a menial work 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think he, one of his defining things though, is he, he's like, he's an average looking guy. He's a pretty good looking guy, but he's got like an ugly scar that like runs from his temple down like to halfway down his jaw, which he got from like some dispute with a, uh, with a guard or something. And I think uh, he get, he stands up and he's like, give me the weapons, give me the tools. I'm going to run this thing. You two had your chance. I'm not going to trust some uh, uh, radical faith leader, and I'm not going to trust some new empire has been who's trying to get back in their good graces. You guys had your chance to run things, and I think it's time you sit back and you let the young and the people with potential get off this planet. You don't represent everybody here. In fact, you represent the minority. Oh, savage. See, Horfrost and Kezra don't really agree, but I'm sure they're loving tag teaming on uh, <laughs> this young this young rebel. You're right that you're the people that we should be doing this for more than anyone, though. What, what happened where you're born into incarceration is a... It's a horror and a tragedy. And whose fault is that? I want to know the kind of people who are making those laws and enforcing those laws back before I was born. People who've made a lot of mistakes. People who might be trying to make up for them now. Kid, I want to follow your lead, but you can't run off completely hot-headed. It'll get you killed. It'll get your friends killed. It'll get all of us killed. If we, we really need to want be a this... Team here. Yes. And if we really want this to work, we need that dreadnought. I think um, there's like a window in Kezra's hut or the house she lives in. And uh, Tyson like looks at it up at the dreadnought that's sort of orbiting in space. And I, I think he turns and he says, listen, if you think I'm a hothead, you don't know half the people I run with. So I can give you some help, but if you start to waver, if you start to hesitate, uh, people are going to, people don't have a lot of tolerance for leadership and authority here. Well, listen, either you're with us or you're not. And quite frankly, if you're not with us, you're not going to win this. You have yeah i mean you do have a lot of potential you have a lot of hot-headed kids who are with you but you you have to play as a team if you want to win or you're going to lose and you're going to get left behind just tell me this we're all of the mindset that we need to get out and we need to get out now then work with us all right all right I'm going to take this back to I'm going to take this back to my friends. I mean, no promises everyone will agree, but anyone who does, we fight with you. But only for so long. I want you to know that you know, you need to trust me too. My decision making, my authority, I can I can lead these people. You can lead your people. See, you 
you will have to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself if you want to be a leader of all people. You have to be more open-minded. Oh, and I, that's are, funny. That's rich. Open-minded coming from a faith. Yeah. Hey, watch it. There are I nobles think... here. People who lived in, in palaces. They're going to be hard to convince. You're going to need us too. Okay. We do this together. We make decisions okay. together. And at the end of the day, we all get out of this alive. But yeah. I'm watching you. I'm watching both of you. Likewise. All right. Well, then... I imagine Kezra and I's people are going to be easier to convince. So why don't we begin stockpiling all of these supplies that were sent to us? And you get your people on board. We meet back here tomorrow at sundown, or I guess not really sundown, but at the end of the cycle. Yeah. Deal. Okay. So I, so yeah, so I imagine we all sort of shake hands, but it's still tense. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like we, we, we all understand that we have an opportunity that we can't pass up regardless of difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. And I think we can call that scene. Cool. Yeah. All right, Will. You're seen. So how many scenes do we have uh, total? Or I guess that's challenges, right? Which is different than scenes. There are three challenges total, and there's one scene per player per challenge. Okay, per player per challenge. Mm -hmm. So three challenges, three scenes. Mm-hmm. Per challenge, yeah. Okay. Um, I think uh, I don't. I don't imagine my scene would take that much time. I think I go back. I explain the situation. I think some people say I rolled over. Some people say, you know, that Tyson wasn't firm enough. Because I think a lot of people are sick of like the quote-unquote grown-ups being in charge. Yeah. Um, but I think for the most part, everyone is sort of on board. Cool. And I think, yeah, we, we get like a quick montage of them sort of coming back to help divvy up the supplies, helping the other people who are like sifting through what's there, mm -hmm. um, bringing like um, beat up speeders and wagons and transport stuff to try and like start putting things together. Yeah, making the supply chains and all that stuff. So if you're good, Will, we'll finish the challenge and move on. No. Yeah. Oh, did it work? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it worked. I got it. Yeah, I'm good. We can, we can move on <laughs> to the end of the challenge. Uh, okay. So, finish the challenge. After every player has made one scene for the challenge, we will see if the fellowship succeeded or failed. If this is the third challenge, follow the second set of instructions to determine the outcome of the entire quest. We'll draw stones, or in our case, roll dice, to determine the outcome and then narrate the results. Sometimes the outcome will surprise us, but even when it's not what we wanted or expected, it's our job to explain it. Interpreting those unexpected results can push our story in exciting new directions we wouldn't have thought of on our own. Failing the first two challenges doesn't mean the quest fails. It just means we have to work harder later to succeed. So we're going to start with no stones, quote unquote, stones in the pool. So if you guys would not mind hopping over to the Diceology Discord. Mm -hmm. 
So we start with one red and one white, just for chance. Okay. Then each player, uh, essentially, we the way this works is we kind of hold what our decisions are, um, and then keep keep those decisions secret. So the way we're gonna do it is you'll type in how many red or white stones you want to put in uh, based on the questions, but don't send them in right away. We'll send them in together at once. So just prep, and then once we're all good, we'll send. Does that make, does okay. that make sense? Yeah, so we each have how many? So each player takes two red stones. If your okay. main character is unhappy about the path the fellowship has taken, hold one red stone. If your main character actually wants the quest to fail, hold two red stones, otherwise hold none. Okay. So I I'm I'm good. I know what I what I'm going with. I do too, but it's not letting me type in the chat box for some reason. Oh. Don't know why. What the heck? Can I just Hmm? Would it work if I if j at least for this round I just texted it to you guys? Yeah. yeah, or or yeah, or I mean, wait, are we not supposed to say them out loud? Because then if Natalie says that out loud, Dane, you or I could type it into the chat and then just in parentheses from yeah. Ezra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that should be the way we do it. Okay. Okay. So will okay. so will you and I reveal on three and Natalie, you'll you'll just say it. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. One, two, three. Two white. Oh no, you zero put in red. red. You put in one or two red or zero if you're happy with everything. One or two red or zero? Yeah. Wait, I'm con wait. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know why my technology is freaking out on me. No um, worries. So wait, okay, so one red Okay, so but zero red means that you like were happy with everything, right? Yep. Okay, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I meant. <laughs> All right, cool. Now we can get onto the white. Um, each player now takes one white and one red. As a player, do you think the fellowship did what was necessary to succeed at the challenge? Hold white if yes, red if no. And then you type, should I type in hold and then the color? Yeah. Okay. You want to count down from three, Dan? Yep. One, two, three. Nat says white. Okay, so now that we have all of these, we have a grand total of one, two, three red, and three white. Uh, so we'll we'll end up roll. I'll end up rolling one d six over here. One to three is red, and four to six is white. Does that sound good? Sweet, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So I'll read out what can happen after after this. So, if we so not only does the the color matter, but the order matters. So if we draw two white, we win the challenge. The end. If we draw a red and then a white, we lose a character but win the challenge. If we get white then red, we lose a character and lose the challenge. And on double red, a character betrays or is betrayed by the fellowship and is lost, and we lose the challenge. Cool. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to roll uh, 1d6. And I'm sorry there are going to be no sound effects because I'm rolling on my phone. Because after this, <laughs> once you've you've taken a, put a 
quote-unquote drawn a stone you keep it out so next i'm gonna have to roll a 1d5 so that's not a thing all right are we ready (laughs) yes all right i'm ready yeah three we got a red oh okay that's a win that's a win for your boy tyson (laughs) (laughs) all right so um now one to two is going to be red and four to four to five or three to five is white clear one to five four we got a white so we go wow. red white okay so, so it, it's it's even down the line we are totally even yep we lose we lose one character but we win the challenge so how does that happen what's the we paint a scene um, if any characters are lost, agree as a group who it was and what happened. It can be a main or minor character, but the player losing the character has final say over what happened to them. If the group absolutely cannot agree who is lost, it defaults to one of the characters of the player who picked the challenge. The draw only indicates the minimum you must lose. You can choose to lose more characters than are required or escalate a loss to a betrayal. <laughs> so, who is lost... Um, and it, it's one of the ones that we created, right? One of our six characters, yes. Yep. This game is um, brutal that way. It is a um, little brutal that way. Yeah, that is brutal. So our I'm options s- are Tyson or Serene, uh, Kezra or Hatcher, Horfrost or Acorn. I'm sort of... It seems right now with the discussion that we had that the most like flimsy group is the the young generation, the people born on the colony. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- we sort of came to an agreement that they would continue to help. Yeah. Um, and and I I don't want to. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't want to lose a main character, and I also don't want to nominate someone else's character. Mm-hmm. But maybe um, Natalie, like, I don't know what you think. If maybe Hatcher, being Tyson's dad, is upset that he is going to go through with this, that he's going to lead this group and be a yeah. part of the revolution. I was thinking the same thing, actually. Because um, that seems to be, like, where the tension is in this story right now, is with the younger people, and especially with, mm-hmm. like, your dad, that makes sense. Um, and plus, you know, all, all child heroes have to lose a parent, right? (laughs) (laughs) In popular media. (laughs) Uh Um, so. But we did, we did succeed on the challenge is a good thing to remember though. Mm -hmm. We did succeed on the challenge. Um, and Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, say that one more time. Does this character have to die or do they... They just, just leave in some capacity. They are just lost. That is all that means. So it could just be okay. a falling out between mm-hmm. them. They are no yeah. longer a part of the fellowship, so to speak. Yeah. Should we? Is that like a like kind of a mini scene that Will and I should do? I totally think so. I totally okay. agree with that. Okay. So maybe like, maybe this like kind of looks like you coming home after your big day of rebellion uh-huh. Tyson <laughs> yeah so I yeah Tyson comes back to like whatever sort of hut or sort of like little building that they live in um, mm-hmm. as a family and I think maybe you know make this scene a little more tragic with some new empire flavor um, hmm. 
maybe like Tyson's mother isn't there. Maybe she died. And so mm-hmm. it's just like he lives with his dad. It's just the two of them. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like quiet when he comes when he comes back and he's sort of excited by the news. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he's like, you know, dad, I'm going to get us off. I'm going to get us out of the, the system. I'm going to get us off planet. I think Hatcher doesn't say anything for a minute. He's like sitting in a chair. He had been reading while you were out and about. Um, and he was like, yeah, I heard around town that you're getting involved in this mess. Yeah, no, uh, everyone nominated me. So um, I actually, I need to talk to you because I need to borrow the speeder tomorrow because we're going into town and we got to set a bunch of stuff up and, you know, we don't have that much time to waste. So I'm trying to get everyone organized. We're going to be knocking on doors tomorrow. It'll be a whole thing. You want my support? (laughs) Well, I thought I had your support. I just, you know, need a speeder to go door to door. What you're doing is reckless. It's impulsive. You don't know the first thing about leading a rebellion. You don't know what kind of danger it's going to put you in, put our people in, put your friends in. Quite frankly, I am disappointed in your actions today. Our people? What people are you even talking about? Half of the... I mean, I was just... I just met with Horfrost and Kezra, two people I know you can't stand. I mean, everyone is divided. No one likes each other. <laughs> and I know this might sound cliche, but I didn't ask for any of this. You know, if I could have, if I could have chosen that, I don't think I would have chosen being here. And when you say I don't know the first thing about leading a rebellion, uh, how well did yours go? That's the point. The people who you're up against, they're, they are smarter than you. They are more powerful. I, the thought of my son being involved in something like this, that's going to get so many people killed and leading it, like being involved is bad enough. Like I, I am worried for you. I, I'm, I'm angry. I'm upset, but really I am worried for you. This is not, this is not your speed. You don't, you don't know. You've never been away from here. You don't know what you're up against and you do not have my support. You know, the thought of my dad sitting at home while I save us, reading a book, waiting for him to die so that I can serve out the rest of his sentence. That makes me disappointed. And I think mom would have been proud. Because she never gave up the fight. Don't bring her into this. You know what your problem is? Is you think... You underestimate the power of knowledge. You... You want to go in there guns a-blazing. And you're not going to win. I'm not sitting around doing nothing. I'm learning i'm i'm participating in the rebellion but your method of doing it is going to fail yeah and what's all this knowledge got you huh and i think um tyson walks over to like the mantle place above the fire and he like pushes a bunch of books off like on the ground 
and like hollow drives and like all this stuff. And then I think in a classic like, I hate you, dad, you don't understand me. <laughs> he sort of just like grabs the keys to the speeder and just like storms out. You know what? I'm gonna do it without you. Diceology is produced by Dane Fogdahl. Follow was developed by Ben Robbins. Soundscapes by TabletopAudio.com. Characters were performed by Natalie Wilcoxon, Will Bangs, and Dane Fogdahl. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review wherever you found us. It helps us more than you know. If you'd like to follow us for behind-the-scenes photos and updates, you can find us on Twitter at DiceologyPod. Thanks for listening to Diceology.